1: netsuite.com slash hollywood netsuite.com slash hollywood by the way Francis said we should make sure we do not stand under the coconut trees
0: why like coconuts fall on Uh, your head
1: apparently that happens yes
0: boy that would suck to live through a pandemic and then get killed by a coconut that would suck
1: Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, sane, or more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Craft, a TV writer and producer living for the moment in Puerto Rico, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah.
0: That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going
1: to talk about location, location, location. Then in the mailroom, we answer a question from a listener who's been close to getting staffed several times, but it just hasn't
0: happened. In take two, we revisit the subject of awfulizing. We are excellent awfulizers, and we have caught ourselves doing it a few times lately. Finally, this week's Hollywood Hack will help you prepare for summer.
1: But first, speaking of location, 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 Sarah, we have an update on your moving process. What is happening?
0: Uh, okay, so Victoria, who is my real estate agent and my friend, sent me pictures uh, a few days ago, I have my house completely packed up, just everything in boxes, and I believe now everything is in storage somewhere. <laughs> I don't even know where. I'm just wow. like in the let go and let God. That's like, <laughs> as a non-religious person, whatever that looks like, that's what I'm doing. So yeah, I I my stuff is out of my house, and it will go on the market in the next month or so. Wow. It's crazy.
1: I was saying to you, Sarah, because the other day you needed to order something from Amazon and you asked if you should make the resort your default (laughs) address. And I was like, well, you don't have another address right now to be the default. So this is your home for the time being. Uh, Yes. uh, No complaints. Yeah. Okay. Well, you will keep us posted on that, I'm sure, step by step. Indeed. Indeed. Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk Sub, where we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's location, location, location. Obviously, we are on location at a pretty fabulous place.
0: Yes, our location right now is a resort in Rio Grande, Puerto Rico. And Violet is like the Eloise of the resort, living literally on the beach. But it made us think, particularly because we were in a meeting, you know, the endless Zoom meetings with all the people in little squares on your computer screen. And uh, all the backgrounds were, you know, walls and bookshelves (laughs) and whatever. But our background was this big glass door And then the beach and then the ocean with the palm trees and sunset. It looked like a virtual background. No, some people thought it was a virtual background. It's that postcard (laughs) perfect. (laughs) Yes.
1: And it got us to thinking that, you know, we are probably in the most intense period of work, I would say, of our entire career. Yeah. By a lot. And we were thinking that even though that's the case, the location does make a difference. Now, for us, it's pretty dramatic. We are (laughs) in a tropical location. We are sitting on patios on the beach working with tropical breezes blowing. And we say to each other, this is hell, but it's tropical hell. And that makes it somewhat enjoyable. But it got us to thinking that if you have something to do that you don't want to do, Changing your location, again, not as dramatic as going to Puerto Rico, but even just where you're sitting in your house can make a difference in how you feel about what you're
0: doing. Absolutely. And I thought about this too, because when I was in Minnesota, I had a really lovely view from my treadmill desk. It was of the Mm. lake, and sometimes it was water, and sometimes it was ice, and I got to watch the trees change. And at home, my treadmill desk is facing a wall and a whiteboard, which sometimes has fun stuff on it and sometimes is just like scribbles and notes. And uh-huh. and I thought this is, it really makes a difference sort of mentally when I'm just looking at a wall versus when I'm looking at a pretty landscape. Right. You wanted to be on the treadmill. You were on it constantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was walking 20,000 steps a day. I almost said miles. 20,000 steps <laughs> a day all the time. And then, um, but it doesn't have to be real nature is the thing. Because Sheila, mm-hmm. my trainer at um, the Strength Code in Los Angeles, she, you know, when, when people started doing virtual training instead of going into gyms, she set up a training room in her apartment with a beautiful picture in the background that – Made her feel close to the beach and made me feel mm-hmm. when I was training with her like I was close to the beach. Like these are things that we can that we can fake for yes. our brains to make ourselves feel like we're getting a wider vista or a more beautiful view
1: or just a more comfortable, pleasant place to sit. like I yeah. know for me, like say we have to write at night. This is back in Encino. If I'm sitting by our fire pit in the backyard writing at 11 p.m., then I feel like I'm living the romantic life of a writer right? versus sitting at a desk writing under, you know, an overhead light.
0: Right. And just here in Puerto Rico, we're working from the moment we wake up until we go to bed very late at night. And usually what we do is after Violet goes to sleep, we sit on my patio. And it's so, I mean, it's very stressful (laughs) just with everything going on. But if we're going to be experiencing this level of stress and time pressure, that's where I want to be doing it. It's much nicer to be doing it on a patio with an ocean breeze.
1: (laughs) It sure is. Even Sarah, I will say, just to make this point again, like the first week we were here, we were in old San Juan which is really cool. It's an awesome place. But if you have to sit and work, it's just there isn't the expanse of space and light and breeze that there is out by the beach. And we have found ourselves enjoying the process much more with the breeze.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because we know so many writers who, if they really have to write something very fast on a deadline, will go and rent a hotel room somewhere, often in Santa Monica, just for this reason. One, for privacy and to be able to focus, but also because it really makes a difference in your mental state. You know, people talk about flow and achieving flow in their work. I think it's a lot easier to achieve flow when you don't have location distractions. Yes. So
1: think about your location. I would love to hear from people what location you feel good in if you have to get something done, like... Do you go sit in a favorite chair or do you go to a restaurant or a coffee shop? Like what kind of locations make you more productive and happier while being productive, which is, I think, for us, the key thing that we're trying to achieve right now.
0: Next up, we have a listener question from a listener who has a question about changing lanes. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Okay, Liz, it's time for our mailroom segment where we answer a listener question. And this week we have a question from Nate. He wrote, I've been seeing all the pictures on Instagram, and you look like you're having a blast in Puerto Rico. I'll be at a busy time, no doubt. I'll just say, Nate, we are having, I wouldn't call it a blast. I think Violet's having a blast. We're we're muddling along. (laughs) Anyway, back to Nate. He said, I'm writing in to ask for some advice as a writer who is struggling to be staffed. As I know you're aware, we are approaching the height of staffing season. I have been up for staffing for the last four years, and I'm frustrated to the point of tears. I am always so, so close and never get the job. Something my manager and a mentor of mine noted is that all of my writer's room assistant experience is in hour-long rooms but I am mostly a half hour comedy writer. So my question, how much do showrunners take this into consideration and how can I bridge this gap? Even getting a half hour job as a writer's assistant is difficult because of the corner I've been painted into. I took my past assistant jobs to get experience in a writer's room and to get a job period. I didn't have the luxury of waiting for the right kind of show to take me. So how do I get on the right kind of show? I feel like I have ample experience at this point but do I need to experience a half-hour room before being staffed? Mm, Nate, that's a great question.
1: It is. And we were sort of pondering this question, and we had a few thoughts. One, we thought maybe you should just try to get staffed on an hour-long show, since that's where your experience is. Because it really is true. We always tell people, who ask us, well, I want to write half hour, an hour. We're like, pick one because it's very hard to go back and forth. But I do think there are a lot of funnier hour shows. And if you got into that, you could then transition into half hour um, once you had more credits. And a jo- it's hard to get any job. So it's like you have to go for whatever's most in your grasp.
0: Yeah, because it's really all about, especially at the lower levels, it's not all about, but it's certainly partially about relationships. So if you're a writer's assistant on hour-long shows, those are the showrunners you know. And those are the people who you can build a relationship and ask for recommendations and have read your stuff. I, I think when you posed your question, I was like, oh God, I don't know. And Liz was like, well, clearly he should start working an hour-long And I was like, yes, of course. Because, I mean, it makes perfect sense. That's where your relationships are. And there are a lot of shows that are crossover from comedy and drama. And it's true that it's hard to go back and forth. But I do think it's easier now because so many shows tread the line of comedy and drama.
1: The other thing I would say, um, if along the way you want to try to get a writer's assistant job in a half hour room, is really ask the showrunners you know if they can recommend you to friends they may know who have half-hour rooms. For instance, our former assistant, Tony, wanted to be a comedy writer, but he was working with us, which really wasn't that helpful to him, but we knew what an amazing assistant he is, or was. He hasn't been an assistant for a long time. And so we called our friend Bob, and we're like, Bob? You have to hire Tony. He must be your assistant on your half-hour show. And because we personally told Bob we thought this was very important, he did it, and that started Tony's career as a half-hour writer. And it comes down again to these relationships. So I do think if you get a resume, if I'm looking for a writer's assistant and I get their resume and they've had all half-hour rooms, that's just not going to be the first person I interview without someone really going to bat for them because we're going to be like, well, why are they even applying for this job? Because they're a half-hour writer. We want our writers in the room. So the whole half-hour-hour thing, I think it does matter to people, but it can be overcome with the help of your relationships.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I'll say, Nate, is you're thinking about it the right way. You're clearly very focused and ambitious and driven. And if you're getting close, one of these days you'll get there. Like it's the Jenna Fisher thing of you have to get, I can't remember exactly the number, but 40 no's to get one yes, It's kind of the same thing in writing as it is in acting. So just log all of your no's up to one step closer to your yes.
1: It is frustrating, and we feel your pain. Okay, Sarah, it is time for take two, in which we revisit a topic that we've discussed, um, often because we've gotten so much listener response that we want to share it. Um, But today it's because you (laughs) and I need to talk about it for her own selves. And we know that it usually is a topic that resonates with others when we bring it up to them. So we thought it would be useful to discuss awfulizing once again.
0: Yes. So for those who aren't familiar with awfulizing, it is what it sounds like. It's when you spin something into something awful and you let your brain just turn into a vat of horrible notions and ideas that torture you and do it totally unnecessarily. Like that's the key to awfulizing is that it's just so premature. It's like you do this when you should just be like chilling out and waiting to see what the real thing is.
1: Yes. And we are in a state where we are constantly waiting for notes of one sort or another And so we always have a call or an email or a Zoom on the horizon that we can talk about and wonder what it's going to be if we want to. (laughs) And us being us, we do that a lot. And we found ourselves the other night, we're like, okay, we need to discuss episode 106. Let's go have a nice dinner and talk about it over an early dinner. Because we had finished something, and it was a good time for us to go sit and have dinner. And we went to this place at the resort that's like, I am one of these people that loves Benihana. It's like my favorite restaurant. (laughs) And they have a Benihana-type place at the resort.
0: Yes, and it was so early, we were literally the only people there. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Which was perfect. In the whole restaurant. Yeah. And so we sat down, we got our diet cokes, we ordered our prawns. And then while the chef was splicing and dicing and chopping and doing all <laughs> of the tricks in front of us, we found out we were gonna have a notes call or a call. We were gonna have a yeah, call. It was just we a didn't call. Know yeah. A call. We didn't know what the call was. And we just set about Sarah awfulizing about what that <laughs> call might be.
0: Yes, it was like, oh, clearly the network doesn't like this story area. Oh, no, it must be someone has an issue with this actor. No, I mean, every single thing that we could come up with that was bad, we came up with. And we spun it into, like, uh, just awfulizing for the entire dinner. And we did not enjoy our dinner. One, we didn't enjoy our dinner. At all. And it was, like, the first time we've had, like, an actual good dinner. And two, we did not accomplish what we needed to accomplish at the dinner, which was the whole purpose of going there.
1: Yes, we did not talk about 106. We simply just (laughs) spun theory after theory about what this call was going to be and what horrible thing we were going to hear And what were we going to do if it's this thing? And what if it's that thing? Then what are we going to do? And I was like shoveling the food in so fast because I was just like, I want to get out of this restaurant and back to the room so we can prepare for this call. Of course, there was nothing to do to prepare. Right. Except just click on Zoom. And then, of course, we had it and it wasn't anything terrible.
0: Nothing. It was just like reviewing delivery dates or something. I mean... (laughs) It's just so And basic. by the way, Sarah, can I just tell you what is so sad? Like
1: I don't even remember the call. I mean, it was oh, that no. insignificant. It was a call that needed to happen, but it was not a call that we needed to give a minute of thought to before no. it happened.
0: No, not even a minute. So it was just our reminder to ourselves. It's one of those we talk about these often sadly, one of those lessons that we constantly need to relearn. Yes. There
1: are those lessons, like writing is rewriting. Another lesson that needs to be constantly learned. The end of act one should be the end of the teaser. Another (laughs) lesson we constantly relearn. And this one is don't awfulize.
0: Yeah, there's just nothing to gain. Nothing to gain from awfulizing. So the key also is recognizing it when you're doing it. And then stopping it. Stopping it is very hard,
1: but really do try because life is too short. Yes, yes. The awful thing, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Whether or not you you worry about it for half an hour beforehand. True. All right. No more awfulizing, Liz. No more. Coming up, we have a Hollywood hack that will help you get ready for summer. But first, this break.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy
1: Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood Hack. This is a hack that is coming out of our uh, being in Puerto Rico, and it is the wonderful discovery of Birkenstock Essentials Unisex Arizona Ava Sandals. Do you want to explain?
0: Yes. So you have these. Our writer's assistant, Kyra, has these. Our number two, Adria, has a different Birkenstock that is waterproof. But they are these really cool waterproof Birkenstocks. We see them on almost every pair of women's feet walking around this resort. (laughs) Yes. Waterproof
1: Birkenstocks. They come in so many awesome colors. So, like, I have slate gray. They come in white. They come in black. They come in orange. You just ordered orange ones. Yes, I'm so excited. They come in yellow, red. I mean, so many colors, and they're super comfortable. They're only like $45, so much cheaper than normal Birkenstocks. And they're just stylish looking.
0: Yes. is The other one, the one that Adria has, is that called the Unisex Barbados Ava Sandal? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, definitely check them both out if you're looking for waterproof summer shoes. These are the way to go.
1: And what's great is there lots of places carry them, so if you can't find your size in one place, look another. Just a little tip.
0: And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer,
1: the amazing Chuck Reed. Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram
0: at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban. And check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz
1: Craft, and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain, And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job.
0: And we enjoy it. Liz, I feel like people are going to start hating us as we talk about our beachy view all the time. But it's so pretty. I know. It's really hard not to talk
1: about because it's just so present and it's so remarkable. It is. If it
0: helps, we're in hell in other ways. Okay, exactly. <laughs>